0: Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, January 22nd, and this is your FT News Briefing. Today, a vote of confidence in London's high-end property market, a new candidate for the Democratic presidential nomination, China's slowing growth rate, and what's happening at the World Economic Forum in Davos. I'm Lauren Fedor,
1: And I'm Barney Thompson, and here's the news you need to start your day. Ken Griffin, the billionaire hedge fund manager, has bought a house near Buckingham Palace in a commitment of about £95 million to central London's real estate as Brexit approaches. With me on the line is Judith Evans, the FT's property correspondent, to discuss the sale. You may hear some noises off courtesy of an FT journalist in the making. Judith, tell us about this property. What makes it so special?
2: So um, what we're talking about here is Three Carlton Gardens. It's a building off the Mall in London. It's a really historic building from the 1820s and has quite a fascinating history in government. Charles de Gaulle had his private office there during World War II and it is a really splendid Georgian home that's been recently remodelled complete with a pool and servants' quarters and all the things that the ultra-wealthy like to have. And it's just been bought by the hedge fund manager, Ken Griffin, for £95 million.
1: But isn't the property market in decline? Is this a wise investment at such a time of uncertainty over Brexit?
2: Well, indeed it is. And I think there's two sides to this. One is that Mr Griffin probably considers that he's got a pretty good deal the property when it was first being redeveloped the developers were talking about an asking price of £145 million they've subsequently marketed it for £125 million so clearly although £95 million is no small sum Mr Griffin has paid a lot less than perhaps he would have if he'd bought it a year or two ago and that does fit with the broader trend in the market which has come off its high of 2014 and and also been affected by worries about Brexit. On the other hand obviously £95 million pounds is still no small sum even if you are a billionaire and so I think we can say it is something of a vote of confidence in the market at this tricky time. Um, Mr Griffin is known as an astute investor and I'm sure he wouldn't have bought it if he thought it was a bad investment.
1: Well indeed Mr Griffin is not a man known for making expensive mistakes is he?
2: That's right. I mean, he's the founder of the hedge fund Citadel, which is very large. It runs $28 billion and it's been very successful. Notably, has navigated the recent choppy markets much better than a lot of other hedge funds. And he also owns an extensive property portfolio in a lot of major US cities. So I'm sure people will look at this decision, even if it is partly a home for Mr. Griffin and his family. People will look at it as an investment decision that they should pay attention to.
1: I am running for president of the United States, And (laughs) and I'm very excited about it.
0: Senator Kamala Harris has become the latest Democrat to toss her hat into the ring for the 2020 presidential race, joining an increasingly crowded field of contenders to challenge Donald Trump when he runs for a second term as U.S. president. The daughter of Indian and Jamaican immigrants, Ms. Harris who made her announcement in a televised interview on Martin Luther King Day. In a video released to coincide with the announcement, the 54-year-old former California attorney general urged her supporters to join her to claim our future.
1: This is a moment in time that I, I feel a sense of responsibility to stand up and fight for the best of who we are. And that fight will always include as one of the highest priorities our national security. And thinking about it in a way that we understand that we must be smart. We must understand the power that we have, the strength that we have, that is about military power, it is about diplomatic power, it is about the power that we have in terms of what has been until recently our moral authority in the world and our ability to work with our allies. China's economic growth cooled in the final quarter of last year to its weakest pace since the financial crisis. Growth for the full year was 6.6%, down from 6.8% in 2017. But as Chinese officials have told our Beijing bureau chief Tom Mitchell, everything is going to plan. Slower but higher quality growth leaves, for example, a cleaner environment in its wake Last year, China's economy grew by about $1.2 trillion, creating enough urban employment to ease official concerns about social instability and any loosening of their ever tighter grip on China's body politic. Even a trade war with the US does not worry Beijing too much. Officials say they are prepared for all eventualities. But the impact of a crackdown on risky financial practices could still bring unwelcome surprises, says Tom. Officials knew it would dampen sentiment, but only now are they seeing the extent of the hit to credit-starved private sector companies who depended on the easy money provided by the shadow banking sector.
0: The IMF has downgraded its main economic forecast for the global economy, saying it is likely to slow from 3.7% growth last year to 3.5% this year. The new estimates represent a significant deterioration in the global economic outlook and come as a result of weak data in Europe and Asia. The IMF report, unveiled at the World Economic Forum in Davos, called for greater international cooperation to give business more confidence to invest. Gideon Rachman, the FT's chief foreign affairs correspondent, is a veteran of the annual gathering at the Swiss ski resort, and he offered this preview of the week's events.
3: Davos is meeting at a moment when we're in the most sort of anti-globalist phase we've really ever seen. Protectionism, I think, is going to be the big theme. And in particular, the burgeoning trade war between the US and China, who are the world's two largest economies, Because if that gets out of hand, and in theory, President Trump could increase tariffs very markedly as soon as March, and he's also apparently also thinking of imposing tariffs on cars and the European Union and so on. But that would be a real grievous blow to the world economy and also to the vision of an open world economy that the World Economic Forum has always been associated with. Occasionally, tempers do fray. Last year, for example, President Trump spoke And the atmosphere in the room I was there was very tense. And there were one or two sort of murmurings where you thought some people in the audience, which is a pretty rich, well-connected audience, were going to start booing him. That didn't happen, but it gave you a sense of how tricky things are. I mean, I think this year... President Trump was going to come again, actually, which would have been unprecedented for a US president to come twice. He's pulled out because of the US government shutdown. But there is a very high level US delegation, including the Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, the Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin, and they will be listened to extremely carefully. But so will Wang Qishan, who is the vice president of China who is coming. And there'll be if you like a kind of propaganda war between the US and China with the Americans trying to Get across the idea that what they're doing is long overdue, that China's game the global trading system, that things have got to change, and that really the fault lies with Beijing. The Chinese try to push the other way and say that actually they are now the protectors of globalization and so on. So that clash will be very interesting. Other world leaders to look out for: Jair Bolsonaro, the president of Brazil, sworn in just last month, is going to make his first appearance before a big international audience. He's a kind of figure of fascination and amongst some uh, a degree of horror because of the remarks he's made about gays, about women, about chopping down the Amazon and so on. But I think there'll also be many in the Davos audience who are more than prepared to give him a very careful hearing because the other side of Bolsonaro, maybe the two sides are connected, is that he's a liberal economic reformer. He's appointed a University of Chicago economist called Paulo Guedes as his chief economics advisor, who I think will also be in Davos. And given the enthusiasm and excitement about brazil latin america's largest country tends to wax and wane five or six years ago it was the happening place it had been given the olympics the world cup everybody was incredibly excited about it and then more recently it's had a really terrible few years massive economic slump huge corruption scandals so there's a lot of interest in Brazil, but also kind of anxiety about where it's going. One of the things about Davos is that for people like me who tend to follow a specific set of issues like geopolitics, It also gives you an opportunity to dip into other worlds. It's called the World Economic Forum. and There is a lot of economics, there's a lot of business, there's a lot of politics, but there's also a lot of science, a lot of environmentalism, different causes being pushed. Sir David Attenborough is appearing, and in fact, giving an interview with Prince William on stage. And, you know, despite the fact that he's now 92, he's actually got a sort of second life as well as a television personality as an environmental campaigner. And he will be pushing very hard. And I think that will be quite a moment when he appears on stage because climate change and the environment are big issues at Davos. Al Gore is somebody who also always comes along. And I think it's an opportunity for those kinds of causes to get the ear of the powerful to try to move them up the global agenda.
0: You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today, we'll be watching reaction to Theresa May's latest plan on Brexit, which looks remarkably similar to the last one, and a decision by the Tokyo District Court on whether to grant ousted Nissan chairman Carlos Ghosn release on bail. This has been your daily FT News briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news.